Hello, listeners. You're listening to the Horror Dads Podcast. Now get back to work. Welcome to episode 97 of the Horror Dads Podcast. You are joined by your hosts, John and Jamie, and today is a very special episode. We are joined by the voice of the killer, the Brandon James voice from the Scream television series. Uh, voice actor, actor Mike Vaughn tunes in with us. Great dude. Amazing discussion about an area, Jamie, we have not explored very much through this endeavor. The voice acting world, right? Like we've talked to plenty of actors, plenty of producers, uh, plenty of Sound guys, background, uh, film production people. I feel like pretty uh, much everything but this. It but feels to talk like. to someone who, uh, yeah, and just to explore that realm a little bit and listen to what it kind of takes and what it entails to be a voice actor is, I, I know they consider themselves just actors, which they are, but um, it's, different a different, it's a different thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a different process. Yeah, so Mike's got really cool stories he shares with uh, his journey as an actor his experience working on the Scream TV show. He's also been in some other uh, great titles, video game titles for games that you and your kids have probably played or yeah. your friends play. It's, Dude, back it's for wild. Blood, like yeah. you, you and me played Back for Blood for a while. Um, it's part of basically why we got an Xbox because it was like, cool, we can hang out and exactly, yeah. play this and little throwback game. We've here. certainly heard his uh, voice probably as a zombie yelling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said he was also, or he was in the movie Zombie Strippers. So That's we right. a little bit about that. He's but, been in, a, like, if you go through his IMDb page, it's just endless. Yeah. So good for him. Yeah, so Mike's going to join us here in about 10 minutes or so. We are going to do a little bit of catching up. We always like to do a little bit of banter, hang out for a minute, be best friends. Oh, yeah. So if the banter is not your thing, jump down to the show notes. Uh, there are timestamps down there about all our segments. And if you want to go directly to the interview with Mike, you can do that. Or if you want to hang with us and be friends, we're going to catch up for a minute. Yeah, it's all horror related, so it's nothing to get too uh, bored with. Yeah. So we're going to start with uh, what we've been watching this past week. What have you been uh, checking out, John? The holy season's upon us. You know, September 1st has come and gone. We are... Uh, past the first week even. So I started to bust them out, man. I watched Halloween 4 with you. We wa- we had our fantasy That's football right. draft. <clears throat> the the nights have been cool, and I've been dusting off uh, some of the early, uh, early season contributions, just trying to tow my way into the water. Yeah. But in terms of new stuff, I did check out a, a show on Netflix called Archive 81. Oh, yeah, dude. Good did you, one. Did you watch it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm did you in. watch it all? I have, I think, one or two episodes left. It's pretty short, right? There's what eight, a limited, yeah, yeah, eight episodes. So I, I've been in. It's been, it's, it's very kind of like subdued, uh, mysterious. It weaves in and out of very time. Very mysterious, yeah. There it, are element, yeah. It's, it's apartment horror that we love, dude. Apartment yeah. horror. I was thinking as I was watching this, I was like, damn, this would be thematically great for some of the stuff we've already covered. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in on the show. I really enjoy it. It's on Netflix currently. And uh, I, I've been I've been really enjoying it. I'm pretty sure that's based on a horror podcast by the same name. Um, yeah, I actually got vibes from that show. It was vi- that uh, one video- that you and I, Video Palace. 
video palace yeah yeah so there are elements of that in in this i think uh the the story centers around a guy who works as an archivist so he basically restores old you know analog media so anything that might have tape in it uh he's like a restoration specialist uh, essentially so he'll go in and and kind of you know bring things back up to, to snuff or yeah transfer. if you need to retrieve audio from something yeah, yeah. So there are elements of that. There's a physical media presence, but he's also trying to simultaneously solve a mystery and there are elements of horror in it. And it's great, man. I've, I've really been kind of captivated by it. So I'm glad I found it. Yeah. That was one of the more, you know, we watched tons of shit. So right? much. Stuff. And there's stuff that I forget that I watched, um, until like I see it. This is something that's lived in my head kind of since I watched it. It's just one of those things yeah. you never really forget. Yep. What have it's you been checking one. out, man? Anything? Uh, actually a few things. So I've been trying to get, I realized that I had never really watched the Masters of Horror. I think maybe I've caught one here oh, and there. You were um, looking at my director's chair over there. Yeah. So I've been going through, they're on Tubi, the first two seasons. Uh, so I've been running through those, which, dude. They're, any any they're notable so contributions good. you want to mention? Um, I've only, I think I've only run through like maybe five episodes. Uh, you know what sucks is I've been putting them on before bed, so I'll wake up to like some random episode. Uh, it's oh, always like it. some sex scene that I've got to a lot of, uh, sex scenes. <laughs> Your wife but, walks in. She's like, what the what fuck the are you doing? Are, yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's just Toby Hooper being Toby. Uh, yeah. there's a lot of Toby Hooper. I think at least two episodes that he did. Everyone is like, you know, Stuart Gordon did this one and it, it's just awesome to go through and see the, the different directors impressions on the episodes. Um, yeah, so those are was... currently on Tubi. I think early 2000s. Yeah. It was forged, put together by Mick Garris. And right. I think the, uh, there were an original 10 set of powerhouses, you know, names yep. everybody knows. So Mick Garris did an, ep- uh, an episode or a, an installment, I guess. I mean, they're all, they're pretty much short movies, you yeah. know? Yeah. Also, I watched this movie called, dude, this one, I don't know how I missed this. It's called Life. It's from 2017. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, it's about this space crew that find this like living organism. Is this a horror movie? Yeah, dude. What? They find this uh, microscopic, it's sci-fi horror. They find this microscopic organism in space, right? So it's the first living organism in space. It's proof of life sure. in space. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They have like, they're like radioing down to earth and they have like, uh, schools did this massive like nationwide search for the school that gets to name the organism. So they like name it and like after the school and well, this organism just starts fucking growing, dude. And it gets to, as you can imagine, uh, nightmare fuel. And the only (laughs) bad thing about this is the, I guess there's no real way to do it practically. It's like this slimy, almost aquatic looking alien creature. Uh, like so the preset it's on definitely, the CGI pack we it's bought. Certainly, yeah. yeah, it's certainly like the alien preset. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but dude, it is fucking intense. And you know, right off the bat, like, cause you say to yourself like, oh, this is going to be a fun, like funny Ryan Reynolds, Jake Gyllenhaal, like banter. This is, th- it's fucking intense, dude. Like when it ended, I said to my wife, I was like, that was really intense and really good. Uh, and I can't believe I've never seen it. So I highly recommend anyone who hasn't seen life. Uh, from 2017, check that out. That is on Stars, and then uh, I, I watched this other movie just today called "Tell Me a Creepy Story." That's on Tubi. It's a compilation of four different horror stories, um, different nationalities, uh, 
just really, really worth checking out. I think it gets like a 4.5 on IMDb, uh, but that short sells it. It's really good. And then the last thing I wanted to mention was uh, Mr. Harrigan's phone. Have you seen this? No, I've never even heard of it. All right, so this is uh, based on Stephen King's novel, If It Bleeds, which I think is a collection of, you know, like four four stories. Four stories. Uh, this is Donald Sutherland, Jaden Martell, who is the, uh, I can't remember his name, but he's a kid from It, uh, the main kid. Jonathan Brandis? Yes, whose brother dies at the beginning. Uh, dude. Again, this one is... What year? So this came out in 2022, so last year. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. You're talking about the new It. Yeah, the new It. Sorry. Jonathan Brandis was from the TV miniseries. But I thought you meant like the Jonathan yeah. Brandis of today, right? Yes. Uh, so that's essentially... Yeah, okay. Georgie's brother. Big, uh, so this Bill. one... Bill. Bill, yeah. exactly. All right, so Mr. Harrigan's phone. Donald Sutherland is Mr. Harrigan. Jaden Martell plays Craig, who, like, he's an old rich man, Donald Sutherland is. So he has this kid kind of come and read books for him. And then uh, along the way, this movie, by the way, the atmosphere, fucking great. Like, the way it opens, it opens in Maine, right? Like, Stephen King to death. Oh, shit. Small town. Uh, the kid narrates it. He takes you through, and you're like, I am all fucking in. And then an hour, then you're just like, you might fall asleep at some point. It just gets really like, it's a slog to get through. Huh. Um, so not, so a, uh, not it, as much of a, a glaring recommendation as. Yeah. I mean, it's, life. here's the, the problem with that is that it's not horror. You go into it like, oh, yeah. this is going to be horror. It's more of a coming of age story. Which is ridiculous because uh, you fucking started this segment by telling me about a movie you watched with Ryan Reynolds and Jake Gyllenhaal. That should be the coming of age story. And you got right. this movie with. Kids yeah. from horror movies and it's a Stephen of King's sale. name. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, Mr. Harrigan's phone. If you're into Stephen King in that world, like you'll love that first like 10 minutes. Uh, but it, again, it. it gets a little sluggish. So, yeah, that's what uh, I've been catching up on. Nice. What are you wearing over there, man? Oh, dude, I got the old fog out. So we are like, as you mentioned, we just got out of this fucking scorching heat wave, right? Like. Yeah. I didn't even want to wear tank tops. I just was going shirtless like at the stores. And um, <laughs> so now tonight I finally get to throw on a long sleeve. Uh, so I threw on my fog tee from Cavity Colors. Yeah. It's your Who else? Three quarter length. Yeah. The Raglan. Uh, basically a, a summary of the end scene where we've got our monsters walking around with nice backlight. And, and the, just the colors of this shirt are objects. amazing. You got the upside down cross. It's that, that green. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love it. I'm wearing my super soft Horror Dad's Bell and Canvas special edition hoodie. Oh, yeah. And guess what? We're thinking about bringing back a uh, a little pre-order to get some custom merch types. So this is something that we open specific to our patrons. So if you want custom merch, uh, I think uh, September, October time frame, great time to join Patreon. It'll allow you the opportunity to uh, get in on getting some... Uh, won't be custom designs, but custom merch. Maybe we'll do a custom design for patrons only. Actually, now that we're talking about that, that would be pretty rad. We should. So, yeah, that's what I got on, though, man. Oh, yeah. All right, so uh, how about being you been buying anything? I will say that I have not. So I've got my eyes set on a few things and actually got into a little bit of uh, fun trouble at the grocery store this week. Uh-oh. Yeah. So I had, uh, it must have been an ad served to me on Instagram or something. 
But I was looking, and they have these, like, my kids are really into Crocs, and they kind of got me into them, too. So they have these uh, limited edition Crocs that are like-for-like uh, like with the old spooky cereals. So they have a Count Chocula set uh, that comes in a very specific color, and it's got, like, these Count Chocula-oriented gibbets stuck to it. They've got a Booberry one. They've got a Frankenberry one. Aren't they scented as well? I fucking hope so. I think they are. Oh, God. I was actually talking to Slasher Steve about this on uh, our Instagram this yeah. morning. But going through all this stuff, man, I uh, was realizing, having conversations with my kids, trying to explain to them the different cereals, I was like, wait, you guys haven't had... So went and bought all three cereals. And yeah. I said, we're going to test them all. You guys tell me which ones you like best, and you can pick what pair of Crocs I'm going to buy for me and not for you guys because... You're going to grow out of them. And Frankenberry was their favorite, right? Frankenberry is their favorite. Yeah. Hands down. So, I mean, it's got to be. So did that. And then also, this is a fucking ridiculous segment. Typically, we talk about all this horror merch that we bought. But the Scrubby Daddies sponges. Yeah. They have Halloween-themed ones in there. Man, I got a pumpkin, a ghost, and Frankenstein's monster little head. I, I went with Luna last Sunday and... We went to get stuff to make sauce, like nice little family day. We we yeah. stumbled across that. Dude, if those were $100 a piece, I would have bought them. I, I was never so fucking excited in my that life. That pot is clean, John. Oh, dude. I'll yeah. be up there scrubbing. No, all still a piece of sauce stuck. Ah, no, I, gotta, yeah. I really got to just <laughs> yeah. use all of these. It's getting a little rusty yeah. on the bottom. Yeah. Uh, what about family stuff, man? You got any cool yeah, stuff? Yeah, so we're going to start decorating this weekend for Halloween. Uh, the kids just won't leave us alone, but it's like, they always start asking at like 8 p.m. on a school night. And it's like, no, we're not decorating now. Uh, I don't know if your kids are like this, no, but mine will sit on the iPad or whatever they're doing until like 8.30 when we're like done eating, ready to like get everyone in bed. And then they want to start doing shit, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, hey, uh, can we? And it's like, is this the first <sighs> you've seen me today? Because I have been talking yeah, to you. we've. Been and you've together. not given a shit about fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we we also started the Halloween movie tradition going on. So like we've been watching. Yeah. Um, Paramount has just the two, I think, uh, Resurrection and H two O. So I've just been watching. In like when one they ends, do. the other one will start, and then we'll start over again. So my wife yeah. is like, "How many times have we been watching?" Like. They won't even notice, like, it just keeps repeating. <laughs> uh, so I'll just let them run and just all day. So we've been doing that. So, yeah, man, we're just getting in the uh, the fall mood, the fall life. Yeah, we, we actually started last weekend a little bit. We did a portion of the outside of the house uh, because last weekend, September 1st hit, and it was Labor Day weekend, long we weekend. We had the fair. We well, had a we local had the fair. fair and it was yeah. just too hot. So fucking hot. I'm not decorating for and I, fall. I kept punting because, weather. yeah, the kids wanted to get, and I was like, listen, I got to go to Home Depot. You guys come with me, and we'll get some stuff while we're there. So we got some additional outdoor decorations, some gravestones, some uh, some more pumpkin lights. So we got, a, we got a nice little spread going, and we are going to get serious about it tomorrow. And I told the kids I'm going to take them to Spirit Halloween. We're going to decorate the outside. We're going to finish the inside. So Perfect. Yeah, and we have uh, the first week of football. Yeah. Starts Sunday. That's how you know it's really fall. We're going right? to make chili with my hot peppers I've been growing outside. So I'm pumped, dude. Yeah. Can't wait to do it. I have a rack of ribs to smoke. It's going to be good. 
Well, a uh, couple quick plugs, and then we're going to jump into, we're not going to deny you any further. You're going to laugh your ass off. You're going to have a lot of fun hanging out with Mike like we did, and you're really going to enjoy this. But before we do that. Brandon James, you mean? Mike James. Yep. But before we do that, we're going to do a couple quick plugs. We've got two new patrons to welcome to the Horror Dads uh, family. Yay! So Ryan and Eric. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much. Eric, thank you so much. You guys have both been uh, collaborating. You've reached out. Eric, I know you've, you've purchased some merch in the past, too. So really appreciate your support, your contributions. You guys jumped into the community. So uh, thanks so much for supporting us, and, and welcome to the crew. You guys are awesome. Thank you. So you can be like Ryan, you could be like Eric, uh, head over to patreon.com slash horror dads. We've got two tiers, a $5 tier and a $10 tier. Uh, $5 tier does have a couple bonus episodes each month. Uh, we do a never seen it where we check out a movie we've never seen. We do watch throughs and then the $10 tier does get you an additional bonus episode. So tons of backlog, jump over there. If you're caught up, plenty of additional stuff to check out. Also, please uh, take a moment to connect with us on social media. We are everywhere at Horror Dads. However, Instagram is our primary channel. We do have a website, horrordads.com. You can head there for some merch if you're interested. Got the spooky season coming up, so who doesn't need another black t-shirt to stuff in their drawer and piss off their spouse? Get it on. And uh, if you would be kind enough, we would love a review on Apple or Spotify. Five star would be perfect. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm getting a phone call. Do you hear that? Don't tell me. Welcome to episode 97 of the Horror Dads podcast. We are joined by fellow horror dad and actor Mike Vaughn. What up? What is up, dude? Yay, how are you guys doing? We are fantastic. So good. Thank you for doing this with us, man. Thanks for having me. So we, um, about myself. We found out that you are a voice actor, not only in one of our favorite TV shows, uh, but also in video games that we both love and admire and adore (laughs) and have played endlessly, uh, and would have had no idea. And to find out that you do the voice work in some of those is really fucking cool. I don't know. I probably got to apologize for a couple of them. Sure. <laughs> well, we'll we're going to go through the list and then you can, All right. you can do the uh, apologize, not apologize. Uh, but for those that don't know, Mike was the, uh, the voice presence of the killer in the Scream TV show, uh, which Jamie and I talk about way too much on this show. Way too much for men in their late thirties and early forties. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, so we'll it's, fucking it's talk about it. It's clearly a show for teenagers and yeah. here we are. Well, to be fair, we were like, I was in my late twenties when I found it, so yeah, that's sure. Cre- that's actually probably creepier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should yeah, be at a bar or something there. having fun. <laughs> no, I'm watching Scream. Yeah. Uh, and Mike's also been in countless uh, video games and whatnot. He's got some Mario credentials, which is super cool. Uh, the Back for Blood video game. I think I saw Final Fantasy on the list. So yeah, uh, very, very, very interesting. Um, but Mike, so. I think you're the first uh, uh, individual we've had on a show that's had somewhat of a prominence on the on the voice acting space. So, how'd you get into that niche, man? Is that your is that your preferred uh, thing that you gravitate toward? It's yeah, yeah. Because I, I I'm so impatient. I can't s- stand sitting around getting makeup waiting. Mm, you yeah. know, wardrobe all that. Just I'd rather jump in, do it, jump out. Um, but that's just because I'm a you know spoiled, petulant only child who just wants things his way. <laughs> Um, yeah, it really serves people who are impatient pretty well. Um, 
I kind of got into it by accident and it was voiceover first, then got into acting to, to make it better. Yeah. And then it's, as so many other of my colleagues have corrected me, it's acting voice or not, you know, it's yeah. all, the, it's all yeah. the same techniques that are applied. Um, I was in advertising back in 98 and I was directing various talent uh, out of Denver. One woman came in and I did what you're not supposed to do. I line read her, which is really a big no, no, but I was young and dumb. And uh, I said, no, read it like this. And then I read my own script and she left and the engineer goes, Oh, you really got that Gen X thing down. Don't you? (laughs) You should do voice work. And I go, no, I shouldn't. I hate my voice. He goes, yeah, well you hate it this much. And he showed me the contract and he goes, see that number. Yeah. He goes, I'm making three regions, 12 dubs of that. And I go, you mean that's 12 times? And he goes, yeah. I went, $16,000 for 30 minutes of work? All right, fuck it. Let's make a demo. Yeah. <laughs> so just for fun, I, I read my own scripts onto DAT and cassette, moved from Denver to Portland, slid the cassette under an agent's door that was near um, where I was working, and called me up right away. It's this Mike Vaughn. Come in Monday. Okay. And I go in. This <laughs> wonderful guy, Dennis, is like, okay. What do you want to get out of acting? And I go, nothing. I'm just here for fun. He goes, oh, my God, perfect answer. Sign here. And I had an agent ever since. <laughs> Is he still awesome. your agent? No, God, no. Oh, he yeah. retired a long, 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 uh-huh. long, 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 long time ago. They even got rid of all their uh, – in the the dot-com bubble burst, yep. which is where I was working. Um, and I would walk down to that agent's office and just put things onto cassette. And for a whole year, I didn't book a single thing, nothing. But I'm reading ads at my company. I'm doing a little bit of that and directing. Don't book for a whole year. Um, and I just just kept going. And then the dot-com bubble burst. And they got rid of all their talent. And they just kept the sports models. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we're all like, ah, we're out of business. Um, but I added a bunch of agents. So this was the dot-com era. This is like late 90s, early 2000s. I added – this is before all the pay to play stuff. There were studios and websites that had a pool of talent. So I would submit and I got a great guy in Bend, Oregon who signed me and I'm still friends with to this day, sort of, you know, colleagues at least. Um, I added a agent in Atlanta, in Denver, you know, Seattle. I kept adding all these agents and now I'm having to fire a lot of them because I have too many. Yeah. So yeah, I just slowly got reps. I moved to LA in 07 and then was a full-time actor by, I don't know, late 07, early 08. So are you in LA still now? No, uh, back back in Portland. Oh, had nice. a, yeah, I had a kid late in life. Uh, he turned one and we almost got hit by a car twice walking oh, in LA. Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> and I went, dude. I'm done. Yeah. And, yeah. and didn't, it made almost no difference. It made no difference to my career because everything is over the internet. Yeah. You see the studio. We all had home studios in LA anyway. COVID hit. Now it's really don't need to be in yeah. LA that much. Um, and I'm in Portland, so I'm like two two hour flight away. It's like a couple hundred bucks. So yeah. it's fine. Do you have to get down there often? I did before COVID. Yeah. Like I went down there four times in two months, November, December, for games and a couple of other projects. And COVID hit and it's like, no, nah, we're good. We'll just do everything from your home studio. <laughs> Yeah, and then once that is like already in place, 
And once people Nobody are used wants to it, to then go. it's like, yeah, we'll just do this from now on. But it's also like, oh, now we don't have to pay. Mike was going to fly here. Yeah, we no, exactly. For yeah. That now, you know, he can just send it's us like, the thing. We're, like we'll get it quicker. $1,500 they yeah. save. Yeah. Uh, so, Mike, we we know that you're a fellow horror dad. So let's talk about that for a minute. You mentioned you had a one-year-old when you moved from L.A., uh, I think you said he's what seven, so that was uh, a few years ago now. So you turning seven in October, yeah. Oh, nice, yeah. man. And then got the two year old. So you've got yeah. a, a six, soon to be seven year old boy and two year old girl. You said, yeah. Nice. Yeah. My yeah. son's birthday is also in October, so yeah. oh yeah, Halloween boys. Yep. So he our... was supposed he was supposed to be October twentieth, and he popped out way early, October fourth. Oh yeah. Or, yeah. Oh fuck. I think mine yeah. was the supposed to be the nineteenth and popped out on the ninth. So. There you go. Oh my God. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yep. It's the holy we'll month. We'll have to. Everyone it wants is to the, get there it is as the quick holy as month. possible. So it's like, no, if I don't have to wait. I'm and I was out. doing that thing where I wanted him to come out on the 31st. Yeah. But then oh, I yeah. realized, but well, then I realized you don't, it's you don't like, have contractions. it's like, uh, I got married on Christmas Eve and now I'm like, yeah, anniversary doesn't even fucking exist. Now that we have kids no. and like it's Christmas Eve, like it just doesn't exist. And Halloween probably wouldn't exist because it would just be a birthday. You oh, know? no. Yeah. I'm I don't know. He, I don't know how that would work. Us a favor yeah, it's good. Yeah. 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 So, Mike, are I you don't know if you can hear those explosions, but that's that's the six year old playing GTA online right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. So yeah, if any of you viewers want to play my kid on GTA online, his username is Von Krum, V-A-U-G-H-N-K-R-U-M. And he is the hottest chick in the game. I'm telling you. Is he is he aware of like your craft and what you do for a living? Like as he plays, yeah, and plays he, the games? he 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 doesn't give two shits about any of it. <laughs> he, he's like he doesn't care. But his friends sometimes like you do what? Oh, cool. I I've drugged I've dragged him into that booth when my agents need something that's a kid sound or a kid thing. He's done a handful of auditions with me. Basically, I just tell him what to say and how to say it. And recently, he just booked his first radio commercial That's for amazing. HP. It was like three lines, super easy. And the stupid ad paid five times what we normally get paid. And he books it. Oh, my God. And I didn't book the other adult roles. I haven't booked any HP since from that same group of guys. But he goes and books it you know, within his first five tries and it is a big check. And, and so he's, he's already got a Roth IRA set up now. That's Holy hell. Man. That is amazing. That really is amazing. Yeah. I think and he I- hates it. He hates it. Oh no. He's like, he goes, I have to. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, I pulled this mic down and I just go, just say it like this. And, and we get in and out quick, like quick. I usually don't, I don't need anything more than three takes out of them for a line. That's, yeah, that's cool. We don't book a lot when voiceover. You book maybe maybe one, one in two hundred auditions, and so for him to get one within <laughs> five, like that ah. is incredible. <laughs> yeah. So what? Let's talk a little bit about that. So as you as you got into the acting side of thing and started to to do these auditions and stuff, what I guess. But what is that typically like? Is it an in-person thing oftentimes if it's going to be uh, just a voice thing? Or is it like, hey, can you record and send? Or uh, how does that submission uh, process kind of work? It really changed with technology in the last, I'd say, 10 years or so. When I moved to L.A. in 07, it was drive to your agents, drive to the casting place, you know, and and they just hand you a stack of scripts and you got to go real fast and do it. 
And then somewhere when the microphones came, good microphones came down to about the 300 level and people started figuring this out and everybody had a fancy laptop. So I'd say about, I don't know, 2010-ish or so maybe. Yeah. Um, then the agents in LA um, and even New York were like, okay, just send them in from home. Because they were taking too much time scheduling people to come in and out and, you know, waiting for them and all that. Meanwhile, the regional agents, you know, Denver, Seattle, Portland, Dallas, you know, all these regional agents, they never had you come in. You always read from home. So regional people typically had better studios in general than those in L.A. because they were driving in. So, like, you just I, so I was in Portland before LA and so I knew how to do a home studio. So I always had a home studio, but I got to LA and it was like drive everywhere. It was nuts. So then as I got a little more, I don't know, comfortable with my reps, then I was like, Hey, can I just send it from home? And they're like, yeah. Then the, the second time the economy tanked with, uh, in 08, the banking crisis. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And the housing crisis. Then it was like, okay, let's start looking at this home thing. Yeah, Technology and email made it so fast that jobs were getting booked within days of the audition call going out. So agents were like, oh, we got to speed this up. So it all just compounded. Then it was like, yep, you can't even get an agent without a home studio now. Um, and then COVID hit. And that was actually the nail in the coffin. COVID didn't cause it. It just accelerated it. Yeah. And there was still voiceover work happening. So especially over on camera. So that made it that that sealed it. So now voice work is 95, 99% from home in almost all cases. Mm. I did some big ass projects during COVID and right after that you normally would go in the studio for. Nope. I did it for my studio and my studio here behind me passes the test. Like it's got a really low noise floor. It sounds really good. I've got all the gear. So they don't need to bring me in anymore. If I didn't have a great studio, but I had a great audition, they'd be like, yeah, can you come in? But I'm not one of those people. So I don't have to go in. And that's got to be like an added bonus to booking you as well, right? Like, well, this guy's got a kick-ass studio. Already sounds fucking perfect. And he's the person Maybe. The job. I, they don't yeah. always hear that in the yeah. audition. Um, but I kind of miss going in. I like going in. Mm. I like the pressure of like, you know, I see them sweat. They see me sweat. Yeah. We're, we're doing the dance and we're having fun. I like going in person and all that. But like I said before, I'm a, I'm a lazy fuck. So like, <laughs> it's, it's really easy just to like, I don't know, you know, the joke about not getting dressed. I got, I got my Lululemons on, you know, yeah. pretending to go to yoga <laughs> and I just slip in there. <laughs> That's about it. So what? it's, it's, it's give or take. And the bad thing about the home studio thing is a lot of great actors who aren't tech people kind of got miffed, you know, or, or maybe a little shut out. So there's a big pool of, you know, really talented actors who aren't tech savvy that kind of, you know, you, you ended up having to learn really yeah. quick if you uh, didn't yeah. already. Luckily, I was already well invested in into tech. So I got lucky, but. Now, what's the biggest difference between, I know you've done physical acting as well. What's the biggest difference between like an audition for physical acting and voice acting? Is it essentially the same? For me, I, I treat them almost the same. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can edit. If nobody's paying attention to my voice auditions, I'm doing them on my own, which is usually the case. 
I can flub a line, quickly go back, edit. I'm in and out a lot faster. On camera, you can't really edit too much, sure. you know? You don't really want to. So you have to be more on top of your lines um, and all that. But you're still you're still in your in your head imagining that you're not in this room, um, but you're wherever you need to be and talking to whoever you need to talk to, which is very similar to voiceover. You got to imagine who yeah. you're dealing with. So, so I was going to ask when it comes to like the delivery of like I have in my mind mm-hmm. and I know this is wrong, but like <laughs> I think it would be awesome if it weren't. <laughs> But in my brain, I think of production, like Disney productions, right? Like I, in my brain, I'm like, Dwayne Johnson is in a booth uh, that's glass and he can see directly across to whoever Moana is and they're doing their lines live riffing back and forth and everyone's in their own telephone booth, essentially in this big room that's air conditioned. In your mind, they can all see each other? Yeah. Yeah. But that's probably not reality at all. Uh, so like maybe, and I mean, maybe for like huge, huge, huge productions, that's the case, but like it, does that happen? Is it like a, almost like a table read, but everyone's in their own booth, um, sort of scenario or is that, is that not? So with voiceover, the, the short answer is it depends. Um, budget aside, I, I was part of a pilot where we all were in the studio for like half a day together, all reading together in and out. So if you weren't in a scene, you would step out of the giant room that you're in, the tracking room you're in. You'd step out, you know, have a coffee or water or whatever and wait. And then when it's your turn, y'all go in. And it was, that was for a pilot, you know, yeah. something that's not even going to air really. Um, and then I've been on stuff that's like, you know, Final Fantasy, um, Scream, all that stuff, whatever. And no, you are the only person in the room. And so uh, with Disney stuff, they do it both ways. So usually there's no glass in between them, but that m- there might be glass in between them now with COVID setups. I don't know. But <clears throat> when I would audition at DreamWorks, there would be other actors and they would just be next to you in, in the room. And you got your script, but as you've seen on the behind the scenes footage, they're acting, you know, they're looking up and they're, yeah, they're animating it and they're doing it and just getting their lines and going up. And so they'd see each other and play and have fun. Um, it's more and more rare because people's schedules, they want to get them in and out fast. So they just do their lines and get them out. So like if you see behind the scenes of South Park and Family Guy, in and out, in and out, in and out, yeah. you know, South Park, sometimes they'll play with each other, you know, and they'll go in together, but it's just the two of them. I was going to ask, like on screen, for instance, uh, so obviously the whole time you're talking to other people, how are yeah. you, so as recording that, are you just imagining what the other person is saying and how they're saying it? Or do you have their voice as well to riff off of? Like, how does that work? I had their voices. So okay. how scream worked, um, and this is typical of TV and film, they film everything. And when they were filming somebody on the set, read my lines, probably Uh, the script supervisor. So, you know, Emma Fitzgerald, Willow would be spacing the names (laughs) because I'm old. She'd be on the phone. (laughs) She knows her lines. And then the other person would feed her the killer's lines, but they would feed them not in character, you know, like they'd be like, 
did you just lock me in or lock me out? You know, and you could hear it. And so then they edit, they edit the, the episode or the season. Uh, it was that episode. They do an episode at a time in that case. And it gets all edited and then it goes back into the audio studio and they bring in a loop group, which is something I do also as well, which is then they fill in every scene with the background actor's noise and the oh, fight yeah. noises yep. and the emergency responder stuff and all that. It's a complicated little world that I love. And, and then they brought me in and all the other actors too. I met a couple of the actors to fix their lines. And so it's edited and they're like, well, that didn't work. Bring them back in to fix their line. It's called ADR. And so I would go in for basically ADR and they would go, it would be, I'd be in a big dark room, big old screen, mic in front of me. And I, I could have the scripts, but I just get my lines one at a time and watch the screen. And it's that, that cliche Hollywood trope of the actor getting frustrated at the screen, trying to match his own lips sort of. And so I get beep, beep, beep. And then I go and then, and then I know I only have so long to talk before the character will yeah. talk, talk again. So I had to fit time frames, emotional choices, get the lines, do all that. It was my favorite type of work and it is not easy, but I'm, I'm a drummer. I was a drummer in college. Oh. So timing, I get it. I, yeah. get, I, I, could, I could pull it off on occasion. So <laughs> I, I had a lot of fun with it. That was one of my most favorite fun gigs. And they would even have me do the scratch tracks for the upcoming episodes for the edit. So like I would finish an episode and the producer would come down with his phone and go, he wouldn't even print it out. It'd be on an iPhone, like an iPhone 10 or something. And he'd be like, okay, here's the script. Just scroll through it and give us the line so we have something to edit to. And I'm like, okay. And I'd scroll through his phones and I'd whip through the lines. What do you mean he's not over at the dock? Move, you know, pick up, you know, whatever I said. <laughs> Just go through a line really fast. And twice, two or three times, twice for sure, I never went into the studio. They used my scratch track lines for the whole episode. Oh, and my I got God. Paid. I was like, what? Wow. Okay. Thank you. Cool. I'll but I loved it. going in because you never knew who you were going to meet. Um, I had a little... <laughs> A little funny fisticuffs with um, Warren Beatty. <laughs> really? Oh my God! How did this happen? Like I tried to steal. I tried to steal his little table. <laughs> he was chilling out because I needed to sign my my contracts, and I was like, "Who's sitting here? I need to sign my contracts." He's like, "That's my table. What are you going to do with it?" I go, "I'm going to make some money with it. Can I sit there?" And he goes, "No, you sit here." And I went, "Fine." And I go, "You're better looking in person." <laughs> <laughs> that dude was so ridiculously good looking i was like holy shit that was, that, was but that studio was fun and then covid put that studio out of business um is this it was really sad is that the same studio where you did scream yeah yeah wildfire oh that was one of my favorite places that so was so fun where that was in los angeles mm-hmm. so yeah that's when i was living in la is that where the majority is that where the show was filmed? All of the show? No, they filmed the whole thing in Louisiana because of the film incentives in Louisiana. Oh my so God. they would film one season. They filmed the first season starting January. They got through shooting and editing uh, like around April. And then I was brought in after an audition uh, and then nothing for a whole year. They didn't tell me the actors. They didn't tell anybody until late that fall. And then they're like, uh, yeah, we're going to do season two. 
I'm like, okay, thanks for the notice. They did the same thing season two, a year later, January to April, the whole thing. And then once again, they didn't say anything to anybody and the actors, all the actors that weren't killed off went, fuck this. I got other projects and they went on to other projects. So even if they did come back and wanted the same cast, they wouldn't have gotten them. They had moved on. I think that's that's why we got that weird season three because they were like, well, well, that's part of it. But the other part of it was season one and two was a Weinstein project. And we all know what happened around then. Yeah. So nobody wanted to touch this fucking thing anymore. Sure. And so Queen Latifah's production company bought the rights or whatever. And they came up with season three and brought back uh, from the movies, Roger Jackson. Yeah. Which is cool. So Super it cool. was all good. We never heard anything. My agents, nobody heard about season three that was on season one and two. They wanted nothing to do with any anybody, apparently. Wow. Did yeah, you nobody. So you mentioned that you auditioned for the for the for the TV show for season uh, prior to season one. Do you yeah. what was the audition like? And did you did you think in a million years that you'd be like this is more, one of the most iconic franchises? Of all time. Of all yeah. time, right? Uh, That's not what happens. So you get an audition. They're usually – if the, the more well-known they are, they're disguised. Names are changed, yeah. blocked out. Video games are all code names. They never, ever give you the name of the actual mm. game. It's rare if they do. It's like, whoa, you just told me the real name of the game? Holy shit. When they do you never find do that, that out normally? Is it after the project's done or – no shit. Or during. Or during. Games – Two of them came out last year, and I was like, I didn't even know I was on them. I did not know I was on Call of Duty Cold War. I did not know I was on Back for Blood. I did not know I was on Genshin Impact. I didn't even know I was on a Final Fantasy until it was halfway done. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. You, so yeah. Do you, you just go buy every see- video game then? You're like... <laughs> When you see the the visual, they tell you eventually, like yeah. when it comes out, then they'll, they'll tell you. Um, but... They don't. They don't want it promoted. They don't want it known that they're in production. There's huge NDAs you got to sign. Mm. It's a whole thing. With Scream, nobody knew they were doing a TV series. Nobody knew anything. So my agent got an audition. And they said Mike's good for this, and they they emailed it to me. So I had a deck in LA, in East LA, in the Highland Park, and um, built this nice deck with some outdoor furniture so I could smoke cigars outside and have a have a scotch. So <clears throat> I got this audition. I printed it out I, it, along with a few others. And I just went outside just to chill out, read my scripts for the next day. So I'm reading the script and I'm like, this is the first fucking scene of Scream the movie with Drew Barrymore. It was the exact scene. It was the exact scene. Wow. And I'm like, I recognize this. It had been a while, but I'm like. All right. So I go, I go, uh, this is bigger than I think it is. I'm going to get in my head. This is going to suck. So I went, you know what? Screw that. I'm just going to go have fun. I'm going to go do what I do. I'm not going to care about anything else. So I put my cigar down, put the scotch down, went up to my studio in the attic, threw up all the lights, jumped in the booth, got the script, one take, one fucking take. And I just did it. You know, hey, you got any scary movies you like? You know, whatever the lines were. I, I have a really bad memory. I book. So I just do it. Shut all my gear down. Save the file. Go back outside. Finish my cigar and scotch. End of the night. Wake up the next morning and I go, it's going to be shit. But at least I'll hear 
me having fun and, you know, come up with something different. I listened back and I went, nah, that's fucking good. <laughs> and I just, that's the one I'm, I'm sending. Like, oh, yeah. Fuck it. I'm like, fuck it. I'm not going to get this anyway. So I just sent it. And then apparently I found out a couple years later that what had happened was the guy casting it knew me from on camera acting. I'd gotten a couple callbacks with him and did a workshop with him. So he was aware of me. He's really good at remembering people, I guess. I'm not. So <laughs> he remembered me. He was friends with the booth director at my agents. And so they were good friends. So I lucked out. And he called him and goes, oh, Jason, I'm not good at casting voiceover thing. How do you do it? I can't hear like, what, ah, what am I supposed to do? And Jason <laughs> goes, just book Mike, idiot. There you go. <laughs> and so it was down to me and one other guy. And so I somehow beat the other guy. There was no other callback. It was just the one audition. And I booked it, went into the studio. This guy, um, Jamie, Jamie Paglia directed me. Fucking awesome. He said, it's a cat and mouse game. Just have fun and toy them. And I'm like, that's what I do all the time. So it was perfect. So that's just how it kind of came about. And um, same with some of the games too. One audition. But if you do on camera, you'll do like seven or eight callbacks. It's crazy. Did you, so with Scream, obviously reading that script, you're like, all right, clearly this is this thing. So, but at this juncture, in your mind, I don't know you're, what it is. you're probably like, this could no be idea. Scream 5. This could be, yeah. Couldn't I, even be Scream. Could just be they're using the Scream script. It could be mm. Nightmare on Elm Street reboot. I have no idea what it is. I have no idea what it is. I thought, I even thought for a minute is maybe they're redoing Dial M for murder. You know, oh, yeah. I was oh. like, I have no idea. That would be You awesome. really don't. You really, they're very tricky about that. There's nothing about Weinstein. There's nothing released about a TV show. So you really, you're literally in the dark. So but, at what point did you find out it was Scream? Uh, when they said you booked, you booked the Scream thing. And I went, what's the Scream thing? And they go, oh, it's a TV series now <laughs> on MTV. Oh my God. Went, MTV's doing what? And they're like, yeah, it's weird, huh? Yeah. Well, you're going to go here on this date and you're all going, Okay. So at what point do you say to yourself, or maybe you don't, you seem like a very confident guy, but is there a point where you go like, oh, fuck, Roger Jackson, like, is Ghostface, I know that this is not Ghostface, but it's Scream, so is it like, did you find yourself trying to not copy Roger Jackson's voice, like, intentionally? Like, I feel like that would be really daunting. Honestly, you've given it more thought just now in our conversation than I ever did. I mm. I literally didn't even think or worry about it because up to that point I had seen so many auditions that had no rhyme or reason. I got asked to do the Futurama auditions from oh, yeah. an LA agent and I was like, "Why are we auditioning for Futurama? Like the main voices." And it was a tactic. It was a tactic to get them to lower down. Uh, so there's all kinds of crazy nonsense that if you think about it, it makes you want to get out of the business or slap somebody silly. Did you grow up a horror fan? Like was Scream uh, part of your culture growing up? Like a pure crazy horror fan? No. Um, but TV, film, video games? Yes. Yeah. And the scary stuff? Absolutely. So I crossed. I crossed genres. Quite a bit. Um, my first, uh, I saw Poltergeist when I was too young. 
And yeah. oh, that that ruined my relationship with my closets for many years. <laughs> that was brutal. I saw Friday yeah. the 13th before I should have. And I would not open the garage door for fear that somebody was going to cut me in half when I did it. You know, I'm I'm as old as my kid is now. <laughs> yeah. These things. Yeah. Um, Isn't it wild, but, man? Like, I, I don't know. My oldest, crazy. I think about that all the time. Just like the stuff I had seen by the time I saw the first scream, I think when I was not, I was nine or 10 <laughs> and she's going to be nine. And like, I, I might show her that movie when she's 30, oh like my based God. off how she acts in the world. Like she, that's, that's not going to be her movie. Yeah. I think it, it really depends on the kid. It does. Yeah. But I, there's, there's one film that got me into horror though. And it wasn't gory at all. And it's not the Angelina Jolie one. It's much older. It's the George C. C. Scott early seventies one oh, called the, the changeling. changeling. Yeah. Just and just this weekend talking about this movie. Yeah. Yeah. All it took, all it took was that fucking ball coming down the stairs. Yeah. Oh, so good. Oh, that was the first time as a kid. I was like, that's what terrifying suspense. Yeah. Is. yeah. Uh, my question about television production and whatnot. So I, I'm a big, big X-Files fan and growing up yeah. would read whatever I could about it. Uh, there are other podcasts that I love that focus like just, just on that show, but it's pretty notorious that during that production, uh, that the contributors, even, even so, so the, type of television where different directors will do different episodes right okay. uh and and x-files was one of those deals where it was like the internet had just kind of become a household thing mm-hmm. web forums where people could like chat and at that point it was like really civil and people had smart things to say rather than what happens on the internet now uh but <laughs> but uh i always read these antics about how like directors would be brought in and say like, oh, hey, can you write the finale uh, for uh, season one? And we're going to have you direct it. Uh, here's the script. And then someone would pick it up and be like, wait, so-and-so's dead? And they're like, yeah, yeah, that happened last week. And they're like finding out basically either after the fact, like after things have aired, or they're just, they're learning it as everybody else is learning it. And they're sitting down and watching the show as they're going through. Uh yeah. Is that yeah. is that how it works? Like, is that how Scream sort of worked? Or was it like piece by piece? Or was it like a comprehensive thing where you just went and like knocked everything out? It was like, okay, season one's done. Thanks for being here for two and a half weeks. With Scream, I have no idea because I didn't come in until after they had actually shot everything. Everything is in the can, as they say. It's in the camera. It's done. It's gone. You know, they're done. So I wasn't part of that process at all. And I've never heard any of the actors talk about it. But the looks on some of their faces, because the the act, there are two actors that came in that were killed and they were doing their final ADR lines. Yeah. I could sort of, it appeared that they knew that that was it. So they knew they had been killed and that was that. And this is their last, the ADR filling in their lines for that episode. That was it for yeah. them. So. I had a feeling maybe they knew a little bit because it sounds like it was all it sounds like the entire season was shot like a movie. So it was just everything. And then they split it up editing later, maybe I'm guessing. So shot first, then sent to post and then and then um, to editing and then to audio post. And then me, the loopers and the actors come back to fix fix the different edits and all that. Do you like to watch the stuff that you've done or are you like, no, I did it. It's just work and it's out there now. Have you, have you seen the screen TV show? 
I don't I don't like watching shit. I'm in um, Scream. I I knew nothing going in, absolutely nothing, and because it was like looping, you just do what's presented in front of you, yeah. and they don't tell you anything. They don't want you to know anything, so you just do it. I didn't know. I did not know who the killer was. I never knew. I wow. had a guess, but I I did not know who the killer was. I couldn't see any scene. The only scenes I saw when I made Scream were the ones I was in. So everything else was not there. Did you guess right? You said you had a guess. I did season one. So wow. what happened was, what happened was, my wife, my wife was like, "I want to see your work. I want to see this show." And we started watching it, and because it's like, I mean, let's be honest, it's kind of a teen melodrama yeah. with some violence, right? Yeah, yeah. she made loved for, it. Uh, like made dads for 40 in their thirties yeah. and forties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's what we said. <laughs> She loved it. I mean, she liked, you know, party of five and shit like that. She's loving this. And I'm like, oh, God, okay, fine. And I'm not in it that much. So I started watching it and I was like, damn, this is actually really interesting. I thought it was good. It was violent as fuck. It's super, super fucking violent, violent man. Yeah. Dude gets split in half. By that the, specific like, scene, like that, my kids, I just oh, rewatched. Insane. Yeah. I, it's I, nuts. My wife and it's I were nuts. watching it, and I was like, I cannot believe they fucking went there for the like an MTV show. And that's a trencher. Yeah. That's what I rented. The trencher, yes. My, that's what it was, yeah. I know how to operate one of those yeah. fucking things. Those things are intimidating <laughs> to even look at. I, I so, remember yeah. coming over to your house, you had it in your driveway, and I was yeah. like, is that the thing from Scream? Yeah, uh, watch the, the first season, and you were like, there, yes. Bud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this will cut you in half. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you notice, like we did, that the, uh, I don't know, yeah, this do is you, not a disparaging comment, no, but I was it's, wondering. It's not too. disparaging. Oh, disparage do you, away. Do you get the complete script? No, that's only, what I'm saying. You only I get, get, your I get my line at a time. I didn't see shit. Because the only we, time I got the complete script was when he handed me his phone and I'm scrolling through it. Uh, because we notice, we talk about this all the time on the show too, that there is a huge elevation in the writing from season one to season two. Did yep. you notice that at all in your lines? A huge elevation in what? In writing. Like, we feel like the writing on season two is so much better than the first season. Uh, well, I don't, they had a, they had a handful of writers. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think, I, there was no revolving door. I, the crew was the same crew, season one and season two. That's great. So, I don't know. It, it could be that somebody changed over or maybe a, an executive at MTV or whoever sort of let off the reins a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I didn't, I didn't personally notice that, but season two did have my favorite line of all time. So I was which like, was, which okay, line is that? Who, hello, Kieran, who told you you could wear my mask? Oh yeah. yeah. So uh, good. That is, that was the that very last great, line yeah. I did. That was the actual very last line I did. It was done in order. That's awesome. I, I, yeah. I feel like we were all like, communally fist pumping at that line that was oh that's yeah. my line that's Super my line because lock me in or out that's dial in for murder that's screamed the movie yeah. that's not me so i was just like that one that one's me who told you you could wear my mask so that's what some... sucks about that is first of all that's, that's an it. that's an amazing line it's an amazing like segue to another season that we never yeah. got yeah and then we get this Third I, I mean, season I like that I, third I season, totally dislike. It's basically, it's basically a different show. It is. It's, it's, it's completely entirely. different yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah, um, which is fine. It, it, yeah. It's something. Uh, it's but something. yeah, no, it sucked that, like, again, that was a, just an incredible line, an incredible way to end that season, and then it just kind of fizzles out and goes nowhere, which yeah. sucks. Yeah. 
So eh. when the Lots of shows go that, way. that yeah. little extension episode happens, right? Which is oh, basically the like, yeah, the, yeah, they go to an island or some yeah. shit, some Halloween special. You had nothing to do with that one, right? Though I was in that. I recorded those lines. I they either used my scratch track lines or I did it um, before the final episode. Okay, okay, it was already in the works, and it wasn't much. It was just like a couple of lines, and I was done. Man, I had no idea that show shot down in Louisiana. Me yep. neither. That's cool. But like I love like uh Emma Street, like that house. I'm yeah, like I'm 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 all in me on in the there. vibe. Yeah. The more yeah, the more uh the houses. Now that you say Louisiana, it makes sense. It does. Yeah. I, I feel that vibe for sure. So what was the general perception, Mike? Like as this show was airing and whatnot, like were you fucking rev that you were like in this thing or no. Were you like, I'm not going to tell people <laughs> no. I was in an MTV no, version I was, I, I was, I was stoked. The, the fanfare hasn't come until now with you guys. Without well, some nerds. It, was, it, nerd. was, it wasn't like a huge hit or anything. People thought the biggest reaction I got was like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. And then they'd ask me about some other project or something. <laughs> um, but now it's, it, it's kind of becoming a cult kind of thing years later and people still enjoy it. I like the mask from TV series a little bit better. It's kind of uh, a marriage between Jason's hockey mask and the screen mask. I kind of like it better. We, I like the edge of the TV show. And I love a series over a movie any day of the yeah. week. So so I, I still love it. At the time, um, I heard people complaining about the lack of promotion from MTV. So, like, they, they did not – they barely promoted it. I I feel like it was tough simply because you're trying to sell this to Scream fans. Yeah. But then you're saying, no, we're going to change the mask and the voice, you know? And then it's like, you're trying to market this to an outside audience as, I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's well, tough to market something like 20 that. 20 people sitting in a room having this conversation and then yeah. they were like, let's just do nothing. Do you we know call it Scream? Yeah. Do we not? And they're like, yeah, let's just. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. It's uh, it's. I have a, like I said, with commercials, there's the, the logic is beyond my comprehension anymore, yeah. <laughs> but who knows? I, I, I was wondering that, that third season, cause zero promotion on that one. And like, you got like an Instagram. Yeah, well, it went to VH1 too. Yeah. VH1. Yeah. yeah I remember, that was bizarre too. I, I remember just randomly seeing something like uh scream season three comes out Monday and I was like, wait, what? Dude, Today's Saturday. Then, what? This was the worst. This was like the true trick of all time that ruined my whole fucking life. Jamie <laughs> tells me this and I'm like, Jeez. I'm revved. You know, I'm like, Dramatic. oh, my God, we got another season coming out. And on my cable box, I remember this was 2018, probably. Don't tell me VH1 was grayed out. VH1 pops up and I hit the description and it says... You know, Mike Vaughn comes back as the the voice, and it says all this shit, like all the description of uh no, you know Noah Noah Foster, and it lists all the character yeah. names. And I was like, fuck yeah, the whole crew's coming back for this new season. Turns on, completely. I was like, wait a minute, they didn't update this description. They clearly just took oh the description God. from the last episode that aired. Heartbroken. That's insane. Uh, we we saw you had some Mario credits, so my kids. Actually, I don't work on any of those. Did you did you do anything with Mario? One session One in session. 2007. One session in 2007. I booked uh, a new a Nintendo title coming out called New Super Mario Brothers. And nobody knew 
much about it or anything. I had just moved to LA. So I, it didn't happen until 2000. No, it was 2007. So 2007, my Portland agent calls and says, Hey, you booked this Mario thing. I just made gibberish noises for the audition and they go, it's in Seattle. They're going to fly you up. And so I flew up to Seattle uh, for, I think one night or two nights and um, went into the studio. It was a three hour session of me just going, (laughs) and they showed me, they showed me some of the screen too. Like, like when he would jump, so I'd match that. Uh. And so there was some screen stuff and then it was like, just give me a bunch of deaths. Give me a bunch of jumps. Give me a bunch of this. Give me a bunch of that. And then did the same thing for Ludwig. So awesome. At the end of the session, we're all sweaty. We're all buddies and all that. And I had fought them a little bit before the session about the contract. And at the time, uh, Grand Theft Auto 4 had come out. And the lead actor in that was at Comic-Con and complaining that, hey, this this game made all this money. I don't even get paid for uh, – I don't get any residuals on this huge property. I made basically – you know." good wage but for the amount of work i did it wasn't it wasn't as high as it should have been if this was a movie this would have been you know my residuals would have been massive right and he's not wrong um so i was a little like protective and so i said hey with this game uh i asked my agent can we cross out the line about any and all use and and just write no commercial usage no commercials cuz commercials is where you make your real big money with residuals and stuff. Sure. Uh, and I had, and I had already been doing some union um, commercials for Nintendo, the video game system. So is that so, the case because like you can quantify how many times a commercial ran? Whereas like after someone buys a game, it's like, you don't know how many times someone's playing that. Right. So or, a game contract is a video game contract. It's still this way. You don't get residuals in video games. You get a flat fee. That's it. The new contract, if it's union, you get a bump in pay if it sells over 2 million copies. So it's kind of like a residual, but not really. Mm. It's And the pay bump is minuscule. It's nothing. It's just like, go get some beer. Yay, cool. Um, A commercial (laughs) contract, way different. You get paid for the session and then all different types of usage. Now, it's not as good as it used to be back in the 80s and 90s and, you know, all that. But it's still, you know... It still can be a thousand dollar check here, there, and everywhere every thirteen weeks. Whereas a video game, it's a thousand dollar check once, and that's it. So if you book two video games a year, you made two thousand bucks if you're lucky. Yeah. And the rates have dropped since then. Mm. So anyway, I cross out this line in the contract that says any and all use. My agent's like, "Oh God, you're going to piss them off. They're never going to use you again." And I go, "I don't care. I don't want my shit in a commercial because I want." commercial money they can come back to me if they're making a commercial and i'll go oh you're doing a commercial cool we're gonna go with that con we're gonna go with a different contract for the commercial so i get more money and my agent couldn't believe it but they agreed to it they said okay no commercial use and i was like wow cool so we end the session sweating i'm sweating we're shaking hands we're all buddies it's all awesome it's all great all done i fly back a year later i look on imdb and there's another mario brothers credit I'm like, well, that's weird. I didn't do anything. And I go, it must be an error. They must have just, must be an error. They found somebody else. Six months later, another credit, then another credit. 
Now a fourth credit appears. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I went out and found some YouTube clips and yep, still my voice in the new games. What the fuck? So I go to my agent and I go, hey, they're using pre they're using my session files, the ones I did and the ones that they did use and, and didn't use, but they had all my files. They're using it in brand new games. And they're like, well, it says any and all use except advertising. You oh, fucking you kidding go. me? Like, no. Mm. And, and it was non-union at the time. I wasn't SAG yet. So I was like, I had nothing. I had nothing. So the contract did say any and all use. Uh, but who in their right mind would have thought that you would cut, copy, and paste from an old game into new games, and they're still doing it to this day? Wow. I'm, I think I'm at 16 titles Holy that I have shit. not been paid for from one, one fucking session. So when I reached out to you to see if you wanted to do this with us, and I was like, hey, man, we love the Scream TV show, and my kids adore Mario. You're probably like, fuck these guys. <laughs> I, I rolled my eyes a little bit. I rolled my eyes a little bit. Like, they have no idea. I, it was three hours of my time. Damn it. <laughs> oh, it's... It, I just wish they would follow the the spirit of yeah. the industry rather than the spirit of their their technical contract. Sure. The spirit of the industry is you pay per new title. Like that's the only way actors make money in video games is, hey, we got a new title. Hey, we got a DLC. Hey, we got a new chapter. And you go in and in and in and make your fee. Well, those fees have dropped, but the set the amount of sessions have gone way up. And the wow. union's about to strike against Mm-hmm. The interactive agreement, video games, once again, because of AI. So. Oh, yeah. I can only imagine, man. I mean, that work. I think that's infiltrating I mean, basically every industry simultaneously. That's yeah. it's, it's so yeah. crazy. I mean, working in. You know what? It's all it's all going to be on the consumers. If the consumers can tell the difference and and can notice that the quality is shit then there won't be an issue. The demand will be get real actors in there. Like you guys will all decide this with your pocketbooks and your fingers. This will not be decided by the, the companies producing stuff and the actors who are being used in it. It's going to be decided by the consumers who consume this shit. If they consume it and love it, then they're going to continue to do it. Everyone's, but if it's, if it, if it, my gut tells me that the good stuff you know, like a Breaking Bad, like a, you know, a, a just a well-produced show. If you tried to replace any of it with AI, I think people will detect it. They'll detect it. I mean, look at the argument right now, even with the difference between CGI and practical effects, right? Like, yeah, we we have a podcast that focuses on our love for horror movies from and a genre. Practical from, effects. Yeah. Yeah. From from the 80s. And exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Let me ask you something. Did you guys see that Justine Bateman uh, t- Twitter post about how AI is going to go? She apparently took a tour no, uh, at a no. tech company that showed her the power of AI. And she said, she said, the future looks approximately like this. And I'm, of course, not doing it justice. But she's, she's saying there'll come a point where the fans can insert themselves into a Marvel movie, give themselves a power there and there. They can change the setting to a snowy day in Chicago. They can control all this stuff. They can build their own movie using AI, kind of like what, you know, they do when they build their own uh, things in GTA online. Like the users can build a world, build a race. You can put yourself in it and do all this stuff. 
So she builds this whole case for it and how it just becomes all automated and there's no need, there's no need actor anywhere. And so I thought about this for a minute and I go, do you know how bored I get when my kid's playing GTA and he's in director mode and you know, the characters don't die. You're in God mode, basically. Like I'm bored. If I could put myself in movies, if it's all effects, I think the users are all going to get bored and there'll be a revolt to either go back to stuff or there'll be less consumption of media yeah. entirely. I completely I agree. What do you guys think? That's that's yeah. my theory. What's your theory? I do agree with that. I think that's one of those things that may be – there may be a sect of people that love it at first and even those people that love it at first would get incredibly bored with it. And it's – there's yeah. it's not good. This is something as parents we preach what every single fucking day. No, you cannot eat a sucker. It's nine in the morning. Like, it is not good to get your way every moment. of the, Like, we're supposed yeah, it's to... fucking f- boring. We're yeah. supposed to get bored. Yeah. We're supposed to allow our minds yeah. to wander. We're supposed to get mad. We're supposed to be like... Yeah, you gotta lose. You gotta lose. You gotta lose to experience the wins, For sure. Too. Yep. I could, like, if it's another full circle moment. So, Mike, you were, at, you were in zombie strippers, right? I was. <laughs> I remember when this came out. I straight up do. You'll see me as one of the uh, strip club patrons in one or two scenes where I'm throwing out bills and yelling, and I look like Jeremy Piven. I was more balding and <laughs> fuzzier hair top and the whole thing. Was Ronald uh, England in that? Yes, and I, I saw him on set. Oh, I saw him. dude. Was he he cool? made it. He made it. I don't know if he was in it. I spent one night on that set and never went back. So I had just got to L.A. It's like my second week in L.A. And they want background for this thing at a strip club, and they're having a hard time filling it um, because it's, you know, strip club and background and, you know, basically no pay. So I go and uh, I go and get there. It's a creepy, creepy ass place. But the the worst part is the director is an absolute cunt to everybody on the set. He is a horrible human being, whoever he was. He was yelling and being mean for no fucking reason. And one of the um, strippers who's their porn stars would not come out because he was being such a cock. And Jenna Jameson was being a professional. She came out and I saw her, um, but it was not erotic or fun or delightful in any way, shape or form. The best part was us extras were outside standing around and Robert England comes walking by and waves at us and he's smiling and he's a happy dude. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. That was worth it. That is. And then the end of the night, I think I got a hundred bucks or something. Like here's your money. You coming back tomorrow? And I went, no, (laughs) No, I'm (laughs) out of here. So that was filmed in LA, not Nebraska, right? No, that was LA. Okay. Yeah. so they it says shoot, this took place. They shot at this ex um, uh, mental institution place off the highway. Terrifying oh, vibe. Like we, I went down to the basement at one point just to explore. Ooh. It was horrifying vibe. Like it was, it was, that was one of the creepiest moments of my Ugh. life. That my was God. gnarly. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be that. In that, I, I don't really believe in ghosts and haunted uh, places, but you get me in a fucking, like abandoned mental facility, I'm out. Yes. I was just going to yes. say you might after, might yeah. after that. Yeah. Man, I I don't know. I could scroll through your IMDb page for eternity. There's a lot of fun just stuff. Just endless. Yeah. yeah. A lot of cool, cool productions. It's so interesting to hear too that oftentimes you're working on things, you're contributing to things and you're like, 
God damn, I'm Peter Parker's uh, roommate, and I didn't even know. It's just so wild. Uh, I'm still recording this video game. I literally don't know what it is, and it's been maybe a year and a half of little five-minute to half-hour sessions here and there, wow. like every few months. Insane. I, I, don't, I don't feel like I did that much work, but I bet it is a lot in the end, um, yeah. and it hasn't even come out yet. I have no idea what it is. And some of these RPGs, like I'm playing uh, this new game called Starfield right now, and it's just like the amount of voice work that these people have to put in. It's like, yeah. and they just say so much random shit. Yeah, I, it's a lot. It goes quick, but it's a lot. Yeah. It's funny you, you mentioned that because my youngest was sitting down here with me uh, the other night, and she was like, can, we, can I watch you play Zelda for a little bit? And I was like, yeah. I thought you would never ask that question. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You can watch me play for as many hours as you'd like. Uh, so we were sitting down and she was like, why aren't any of them talking? And then I started to explain Nintendo, those pricks. What? Well, I mean, it could, it could it's be probably that. just Mike's voice in there. Like, eh. <laughs> that's right. I did. I did all the non, nonverbal stuff. Uh, but Wait, I, is this the earliest, is this the earliest Zelda? This one that just came out like, uh, in, oh, just came in out. March. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. But it's so big, it's so massive, and it's so open concept that, like, to get to have someone read every one of the lines that happens, it, it would. I don't know how many hundreds yeah. and hundreds of hours it would. That's take That's what I'm saying about this. So, yeah. one one game I was on, they they timed me, they clocked me in at a hundred and fifty lines an hour, I think, which wow. is which they said was faster than usual. Um, because we had to cover that twice because it was the good character and then the same character as the bad character. So mm. every scene had to be done twice. So, so we had to fly. We that's just had more to, than one line per 30 seconds. That's insane. All that. That's what, yeah, that's what I think it added up to or something. It was, it was, it was notoriously fast. And then I got on another project, uh, that same month and <laughs> I'm going to drop a name because I love this guy so much. Uh, all the actors were leaving the booth like this. What the fuck just happened? <laughs> and and I was like, I was like, well, this is exciting. And I go in and Carl fucking Weathers is directing voiceover actors in uh this video game called what's it called? Red Oh fuck. Red Dead Redemption? No, I'm not on Red Dead Redemption. That'd be cool. Um, that would be cool. I forget what it's called, but it's it's a space sort of territory grab kind of uh first person shooter. Anyway. He's directing talent. The dude is huge, intimidating, nice as hell. I was just like, whoa, wow. He's just amazing. He's got to be in his 60s, and he just looks amazing. And he shakes my hand, and his whole hand basically takes up my entire, yeah. like, <laughs> like, wow, this is awesome. And I get in the booth, and I'm coming off of the fast game that I was doing line after line after line. Well, little did I know, Carl likes to go re- a lot slower and so he kept yelling at me. He's like, slow down, slow down. I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Do a line, do a line, do a line, do a line, do a line. I start picking it up. He's like, slow down, God damn it. You're drifting then, again. God. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was, yeah. I was, uh, pushing the beat. Um, because I like going fast. Like, that's just what I do. I'm in, like I said, I'm impatient. I go fast. And, uh, <laughs> finally the third time, <laughs> I was just ripping through a bunch of deaths and screams and all this stuff. And he goes, God damn it, Vaughn. I said, slow the fuck down. 
I love Black that. Black Weather's yelling at me. Vaughn, slow the fuck down. I want to get a shirt that says that. Oh, <laughs> my God, man. dude. Uh, that's the highlight of my career is being told by Carl Weathers to slow the fuck down. <laughs> He was also directing the actors into more of a film kind of performance that was kind of big. And in video games, we're all trained to keep it cool and contained Mm. like real soldiers do. So we all start in the real world with soldiers. And if we're told to take it someplace wacky, then we do. And he just wanted wacky. He wanted like, you know, 80s, 80s action movie. And we're like, you sure that's what you want? Okay. (laughs) Also, one last thing on the scream thing. It is like devastating to hear that you had no correlation to the like real time um, shooting of show it. Because like the whole time, my wife and I were like, "Well, if you notice, like this actor kind of has the same like diet, like um, yeah, inflection, uh, yeah, 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 inflection yeah, yeah. as the as the killer on the phone. Like it's got to be." And then to find out that you had no correlation with the actual actors at all. So I didn't, yeah. didn't even not, I didn't know who it was. Yeah. And yeah, people ask me all the time, like, were you on the set? And I'm like, I wish I was, but that would have been expensive for them Super, yeah. for me to sit around and just read lines back yeah. that they could do for free with somebody else on <laughs> yeah. the set. They're not going to use those lines anyway, because I got to be on a different microphone. So yeah, like, yeah. So that, I mean, that would have been extremely expensive Man. to put me up, pay a weekly rate. Hmm. They wouldn't have done it. So, that would have been smart. So did you have to act so like when, when we see the killer on the screen and they're talking, that was already done. You have to just kind of match your voice to that. So the voice person I didn't do anything with. It was a blank hole. And then the person I'm talking to, yes, I could see a little bit of what they said before to me and a little bit of what how they reacted after. So there's like a few seconds. There's three beeps in the studio. Beep, beep. Beep, and then you go, right, as me as an actor. Now, before those three beeps, I might have my headphones on, and I'll see the picture, and I'll see one of the actors on the phone going, you know, what do you think you're doing? Beep, beep, beep. You know exactly what I'm doing. Gotcha. And then they respond. So it's just fitting that hole. You guys work in music. You know Pro Tools. It's yeah. just fitting that yeah. that that two-measure hole that you need to. There's nothing worse than it's like, I'm not making another track, and I'm by myself. And if I don't get back to that space bar, I'm going to roll over the good take that I had. Over there. Yeah. Uh, yep. Totally get yep. it, man. What? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I can't believe my wife forbade me from asking you to do the voice tonight. I just did it. Yeah, he's, I know, he did and it. And I'm yeah. so glad you've seamlessly woven into and out of that voice. like. Multiple times. This is what I love about you can tell when there's a a voice actor because they just like like even when before we started recording and you just like we didn't even see your face yet and you were like oh sorry guys I'm (laughs) I'm working on it and it was like you just like seamlessly just my voice seamlessly in and out (laughs) that was incredible like act uh, Oscar worthy acting there Mike um (laughs) but just have good gear but like we saw (laughs) we saw um. Uh, oh, John Kassir. John Kassir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who does uh, Crypt Keeper. And we, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So we went down to uh, Horror Hound in Cincinnati, and we got to sit at a panel where he was being interviewed and uh, talking. And nice. he just, like, the whole fucking time was, like, out of fucking, like, just doing these different voices, like, so seamlessly. And it was just incredible to watch. And he was so yeah. cool and hot. Oh, like, he was, like, incredible, dude, yeah. Too. Talking about his wife and just, like, a nice, yeah. a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was yeah. great. Yeah, I don't have I don't have a huge arsenal of different voices. I just got like five, but you know, I like what I do. 
Still, so, the way the the way that you can like guy. weave in and out, it's it's crazy. Uh, do I you don't ever... know. I that, you guys might find that just comes with age. It, it's just it just happens. It's not. I don't know. Do you it ever just, find you it to be know tough? What you're doing. Do you ever find it tough to like get back into that voice? I guess for you, probably not. But like, if Fuck you do no. a bunch, like, so no. well, I was doing Koopa Troopa so yesterday. Easy. Now it's like, yeah. Basically, all I'm doing is jacking off the back of my throat. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> do you That's think it. the cigars and scotch help? I, dude, I was. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I write them off my taxes. Nice. <laughs> Sir, you can't deduct these things. You want to fucking bet. <laughs> <laughs> then they're like, oh, well, fuck yeah. Do you I have a case. That's I have a, a voice that only a cigar can no make. No problem presenting that as like evidence. No problem. Can you do this? Can you do this? Here, here's a scotch. Here's a cigar. Now try. Uh, your taxes. See, told you. The woman from uh, Exorcist. <laughs> I, I remember reading about how when she did the one who who does the voiceover for the the demon. Uh. Oh, the demon. Yeah. Yeah, she did something wild, like where she only was drinking like egg, like straight eggs. Like she did a lot of intentional mm. damage to her voice to get it. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. I joke about the cigars and scotch, but. I... <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I actors do kooky things sometimes, and I, like I had a teacher who did all these warm ups for voiceover people with a with a cork in your mouth and all this stuff. And <laughs> wow. I look back at that, I'm like, it's just it's just busy nonsense. Yeah, it's just all nonsense. Your voice is your voice. It changes with age. Yeah, I mean, you can abuse it, I guess, with whatever she's doing, and I could abuse it, but I don't. I'm not doing a ton of anything, so. Well, why don't you, uh, Mike, plug your stuff, man. Anything upcoming you're working on that you want to mention? Probably hidden. Uh, anything that... I wish. Anything uh, noteworthy that you want to share where, where people can find you on social if you got a website? Yeah, that's the one thing I want to promote is um, two things. Follow me on Instagram because that always looks good when they're deciding between me and another actor for a video game. They yep. love seeing higher numbers. There you go. <laughs> I'm trying to do mine ethically and not buy any, <laughs> so please... Uh, check me out at the underscore Mike underscore Vaughn on Instagram. That's really the only platform I'm on. And then the other plug for your uh, viewers, listeners, everybody is um, if there's a convention that you want to meet me at, drop my name with the people running the convention. And hopefully I'll get uh, an invite to that convention. I've got a couple of teams working on conventions for me. Um, and then if you did manage to drop my name and get me booked, I'll hook you up. Let's just put it that way. Awesome. So, yeah. Um, I'll we're, figure out the details later, depending on how much was involved, but, um, I don't want to sell myself. I don't want to be in that business of reaching out and trying to get conventions and things like that. But I sure as hell love attending them and meeting the fans. I had a blast at Stockton con um, I had a really fun time and I had a lot of fun fans. Uh, and I really belong, I think in Nintendo, Nintendo <laughs> cons for sure. Uh, I'd say. Video game, video games and horror <laughs> is where I want to be. Um, in the horror, I've done a lot of zombies and shit like that in video games. So if you listeners pitch me for a conference, let me know on Instagram that you did that and, uh, we'll be talking. All right, well, Mike, this was great. We uh, oh. sincerely appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for the antics, the stories, for being forthright. You're an awesome dude. We, I, I just knew, even looking at your 
your social media presence. I was like, this guy is going to be great. And I feel like he'll say yes to being on the show until I fucking mention Nintendo. Uh, yeah. But no, <laughs> uh, all I'll jokes say yes aside, to we, we appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks so, so much. much, man.